When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome to Open the Voice Gate, the Home Army Edition. This is Michael and with Milo, and John left us all alone for two weeks. I don't know how we're going to deal with this, Milo. I mean, what I'm really wondering is how we're going to deal with John being like, hey guys, I went to Japan when they come back. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I feel like we're going to get at least another, like, 12 months or until the next time they go to Japan out of (laughs) like reminding this but uh so for those who were expecting 
everyone to be together on this. Uh, we originally planned to, but uh, just to like peel back the curtain a little bit, I do all the call recording through Skype for Open the Voice Gate, and right during intermission on Tuesday, my internet went out. Like I was do, I was trying to watch the show through Cork through my my iPhone wasn't even happening that way. It was done. So luckily, John and everyone who went with them to Japan, they recorded a great like recap, like live response from Japan, which was real interesting. But Milo and I wanted to give our own thoughts about it. And since our parents aren't here today, this episode <laughs> opened the voice gate. We're basically just gonna have all the parties we can before they come home. So. How have you been, Milo? Uh, been well. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna say I've been pretty good, except that. Uh, so, like um, two days ago, I had a problem with my fridge where it just started like defrosting without me asking it to. So there was like water everywhere, oh, and it's an old fridge. It's an old fridge, so it doesn't really have like buttons or anything. It just has like a wheel to kind of um play with how cold you want the freezer to be sure and uh, i didn't touch that i didn't do anything when i came and when i came home it was just dripping water all in in my fridge so i had to like empty my freezer so i lost everything that was in there so that was fun um and then i had to just basically wait for it to i i i removed like a lot of ice from it because it, it it makes a lot of ice sure so I had to remove like a lot of ice from it. And I was basically crouching in front of it for like two hours. And I never exercise, right? So I was crouching in front of my fridge for two hours. And for two days, I've had the worst muscle pain in my thighs. Like every every move that I make is hell. So it's like you're doing and squats for two hours straight. Basically, and now every time I go to like, especially when I get up or when I when I sit down is the worst. When I sit down, I feel like my muscles are on fire. It's horrible. I, and this is what I get for never exercising, I guess. But it's not fun at all. Like, it it hurts. It really hurts. I, I think that there's something about appliances because I had my air conditioner completely start spitting up like weird dripping water for a few for a few days and you just like stare at it and you're like why why and then like i was marching back and forth in front of my air conditioning unit because i guess everything from units above me flows down through it and it was overflowing so i was like stomping mm -hmm. on my i was stomping on towels in front of it in front of the carpet all the while going please don't get mold please don't get mold please don't get mold <laughs> and like like four days afterwards i was like oh i took a look at like like my step counter is like that seems art artificially inflated. Oh wait, I was basically marching in front of my uh, air conditioner for hours. That makes Jeez. sense. Oh my god. So yeah, we've been having a grand old time apparently. Yeah, air conditioners, fridges, internet, like nothing's going mm -hmm. right with the home army right now. John nothing, apparently yeah. had the right idea just to go to Japan and sit around people who just scream for Yoshino nonstop. So, mm -hmm. I mean, same, to be honest. Hey, that was incredible. But like that, I, before we really get into it, I think that the Corkin from Tuesday was the best Corkin of the year. Do you? Um, I think it's definitely the, the one that felt the most like that had that D Dragon Gate Kodakuin feel. 
you know? Oh, totally. That I that I feel like they're they've kind of been missing that. Yeah, and it seems like everyone has something to do with the uh, five unit survival race. So mm-hmm. like even like even the openers, which we'll get into, had stuff that's like t- tying to the uh, promotion, which pretty much up until really the eighth, there wasn't really anything that everything everyone was doing. I mean. When Don Fuji is tying, getting tied into like all the storylines, you know that Dragon Gate has something for everyone, and I, love, <laughs> I love the show. I oh I, god, I can't, I can't even imagine how you reacted in real time when, uh, when Fuji Heia was resurrected. So like it was the show started at five thirty a.m. my time, so I got up right. early and made a cuppa and was really caffeinated, and then. By the time that Fujiheya reformed, I was tr- I was very caffeinated. It was six thirty in the morning, so no one no one in my uh, apartment complex was up. So like I was just straining the urge just to start screaming about my two favorite people in Dragon Gate, Don Fuji and Hio Watanabe, teaming up and reforming one of my favorite not really stables but groups in Dragon Gate history. Like it was great, and then soon after my internet went out. So apparently uh, we can't have nice things. Mm. Yeah. So, well, so, at least you got to see that. Yeah, uh, and I rewatched the entire show last night. So I was like, I, I was like the the undercard matches, with the exception of Young Maximum versus Over Generation, they were all good. Nothing, nothing be great. But I was like, but I got to see that Fuji Heya revival. So just for like just for Don Fuji like aggressively not wanting anything to do with those kids, and then suddenly being like, yes. Yes, I will lead you. As a leader of men, I will lead these youngins to actually be something. Honestly, I hope that I hope that at the next nice, nice when they just all come out in like the sumo outfits. Oh jeez, that'd be so great. What if they were just wearing be- the Jimmy's? But but Hio, but Hio is still has like his leopard print on it, right? Yeah, I I, I forget but what that they- has to happen. Oh, it has to, and I forget what they. I think it's muashi is the term for the sumo outfit. Like just like the fact that it's just leopard print. <laughs> And it just would be ridiculous. But yeah, let's get into the show. So it was sold out 1850 on August 8th, Tokyo Cork and Hall. The opener was Misaki Mochizuki, Gamma, Mm -hmm. and Sachihoko Voi versus the uh, rookies Shun Skywalker, Yuki Yoshioka, and Katsumi Takashima with uh, Mochi putting out Yoshioka in six minutes with the the Shin Psycho high kicked. What'd you think of it? I mean, it was an opener. <laughs> like at this point, all these openers with like the young guys and like one or two veteran thrown in is kind of like all the same. Mm-hmm. Cause it's very much just like taking you to school. Like dad's taking their, their, their young punk kids to school, but it's always fun. Like there's never really much to say about them, except they're always fun. Yeah, like this really felt like that the that the parents tossed their kids in the car and were angry at them because it got a lot more stiff than I thought it was going to be, especially from like Sachi Hoko Boy, straight up starch Yoshioka. I always can mis- always mispronounce mm-hmm. his name. Yoshioka, well, like like slapped in the face really hard. So it <laughs> it, it did feel like just like a, a an opener outside of that, but it was is good. Like this is the first time I think we saw Takashima in a couple months. It feels like. But. Yeah, he hasn't really been around much. Yeah, I guess his eyes have been acting up or something. Yeah, I hope he's going to be all right. Uh, which, 
like it was like that match led directly into the second match, which was the uh, Jimmy's team of Jimmy Conda and Jimmy K Jimmy Kness, JKS, which don't really team a whole lot together. But they were going against Don Fuji and the big cat Hio Watanabe. Kanda pens Hio in seven minutes with the Ryus. And this was a lot more goofy than the first match, but I yeah. I enjoyed it. Hio had like this weird thing on his face and like around his neck. I was like, why doesn't he why doesn't he take that off? Yeah. Did, did you notice Don Fuji like pulled it down? He was like, I'm not letting you wear this bullshit. <laughs> you are not pulling your brother Yashi under my watch. I, I I mean they have to watch out for him because he just is my my will. So it was good that Don Fuji was there <laughs> to make sure that's that, true. That's yeah. true. But yeah, no, that was that was cool. I liked it. Yeah, it, it was a fun match. Mm mm. I feel like for someone who has been kind of kept off the cards for his own stupidity, Hio is like performing really, really well. Mm-hmm. Like out of everyone from that class outside of Benkei, he's the one that's shown like the most in the ring. Like he's a lot more crisp than I feel like the other three are. So like, it, it seems like that even though like he's literally can't keep it in his pants, that he's still able to... <laughs> to keep it up and i really enjoyed the don fuji and kanda interactions that were going on especially grabbing the people from the crowd and making them wishbone kanda for no good reason mm. and apparently john said that like kanda was like berating the people who did that after the match so <laughs> well okay i i mean that Don Fuji, we have to start a meter of how much in a weird mood Don Fuji is each show because this show he felt like he was very much like in a I'm just gonna mess around and just full and make Kness do all these pin combinations I can or Conda I'm just <laughs> gonna torment him because he was being weird I feel yeah. like Mm-mm. so uh, that led directly into the uh, Fujiheya formation that we were talking about and i thought it was that it was kind of time for these guys to have something going on with them you know mm. like i i guess because i started to notice that there are more like young guys who are doing ring attendant duties that they need to start elevating yeah Yo, mm-hmm. shun and yoshioka and see how much you're going to be able to get out of takashima considering his health yeah because i mean you look at so I think it was October, right? Mm-hmm. So it's been, let's say it's been roughly a year mm-hmm. that um, Benkei, Hio Watanabe, and Shun Skywalker got their gimmicks, right? Yeah, it was... That w- It was the three of them. It wasn't four. It was the three of them, right? It was just those three, yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, look where Benkei is now. Mm-hmm. And so they really, like, first of all, they really needed to do something with the other two that kind of uh, got their gimmicks at the same time as him, but haven't done nearly as much as he has. Yeah. So, but you, I mean, if you were going to, if you're going to restart, like, the concept of, like, Fujiheya, you kind of need to get more people involved. So, you know, just give him all the young boys. Um, give him especially the one that needs the most, most discipline. <laughs> Um, (laughs) i think it's gonna be really fun i think uh yeah i'm just kind of like wondering how this is going to exist at the same time as over generation right but um it's you know 
I feel like if overgeneration really has run its course, uh, maybe it can be like uh, a little replacement. Yeah, th that's kind of how I feel like it too. And I guess Fuji made mention to overgeneration when they were doing this because Don Fuji really did not want anything to do with these punk kids to begin with. But I guess they berated or just annoyed him into doing this. So it'll, it'll be really interesting to see how like the two groups play off each other, at least for the next month or so. Because mm -hmm. who knows? I think it's probably going to be over generation being done. So it makes sense. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And uh, oh, so one of the things that Don Fuji said was he's going to give proper wrestling names to Yoshioka and Takashima. So. Yeah, it's going to be Yuki Fujioka and Katfuji Takashima. Oh, it has to be that. Or like, <laughs> or like Dandy Yoshioka, you know? Yes, please. Like, I mean, this is a dude who who liked changing his name so much in the past. Like, I can just imagine him, like, going, okay, you are now Shun Skywalker 2K17. Yeah, because Fuji was like, he was, uh, he was Big Fuji at some point, right? I, I'm gonna probably get this wrong. It was Big Fuji, oh, it was Sumo Fuji first. Sumo Fuji, Big Fuji. Uh, Big, uh, Big Fuji, and then Dandy Fuji 2000. Yeah then Dandy <laughs> Fuji, and then just Don Fuji, because <laughs> all of Crazy Max, with the exception of Taru, would change their names at the first show of each year, because, like, Shima went from Shima Nobunaga to Shima S-H-I-M-M-A, and then Shima, and then Sua was Judo Sua, and then just stuck to Sua. So yeah. they like changing their names a lot, and it'll be interesting to see, like, this be more formal than, like, the first Fuji Heiab with, uh, Don Fuji and who became the guy who became Big R Shimizu. So like, oh god, I I, I just kind of imagine like Don Fuji going like, all right guys, you're with me, and he makes them go to like the bars with him at night, and he's <laughs> like, all right, so this is how you appeal to the middle aged housewife <laughs> demographic. He's gonna feed them to the milfs. I mean, uh, but maybe that's why they have Hio with them. It's like, stop bugging the young girls. Go for the cougars. That's what you should be doing. Honestly. No, I'm just excited to see what the names are going to be, because, I mean, Shun Skywalker was already something else. So. They, they got to do something with Shun's name and gimmick, you know? They really got yeah. to. Like, I think this is like a transitional thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think he's going to be like in five years still Shun Skywalker, or at least I hope not. Yeah. Like, people with masks don't stick around that long nowadays. So, yeah. like, I mean, look at uh, Yosuke Samaria and really even Monday Ryu. Like, he was taking, like, he's changed masks a couple times. So, yeah. I don't think this is his gimmick for the duration, but who knows? But mm -hmm. that was a whole lot of fun. I am really excited to see where this goes to. And they're already building up stuff for the September Corkin, where they'll have the official unveiling of Yoshioka and Takashima's official pro wrestler names, as said by Don Fuji. Uh, the, <laughs> the next match was our first five-unit survival league match with uh, the with Overgeneration CK1 versus another Jimmy's team that doesn't really team up a whole lot, but I really enjoy them, of the Bravegate champion Jimmy Kakatora and Genki Horiguchi, H.A. Jimmy. Mm -hmm. And what did you think about this? Uh... 
So the usual, the usual CK1 failing. Yeah, I mean, it was fun, but... <sighs> At some point, CK1 is like kind of becoming like Berserk 2.0 for me in that I can't get into anything that they do anymore. Like. Yeah. Like, I totally get that feeling. Like, it's just that it's it's a team that just is there. The crowd loves them, so I get why they're there. And I was hoping that the match with Doyoshi might have been the fire lit underneath them. And I thought this match was good enough. Uh, I really, like, if anything has happened with me this year with people in the promotion, I've kind of grown to have a deeper appreciation of Kagatora. Like, the little things he does. Like I, I love, love him. Like, I, I just noticed this oh, when I was watching the show. He does this little thing, and this might just be me being type A and obsessive, but uh, he does this little thing when he does his... When he does that seated inch Zagiri, that he, like, hooks... How he hooks his other leg, like, his non-kicking leg, before he does Enzigiri that I really love. And it's those kind of things that I've mm. grown to really appreciate of Kakatora. And it's going to be interesting what's going to happen with him and who looks like his next challenger. Uh-huh. And uh, see, that was the best. That was the good part of the match. <laughs> I, I for, no, for... yeah, no. The thing is that okay. So the thing with C- CK One is that they kind of just always do the same thing, right? Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't mean like. Because this is okay. This is the thing. There's one one argument that I find a little bit annoying when uh when looking at any wrestling um, discussion is that people will harp on wrestlers for being too formulaic and having like spots that they do in every match, but I feel like that's a little hypocritical because every wrestler has spots that they do in every match. Sure. Like all of them, every single one of them. Your favorite wrestler, my favorite wrestler, everybody's favorite wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when people say, "Oh, he did this spot and this spot and this spot," and "Oh, he had to get that one in," and it's like, "Yeah, your favorite wrestler does it too." What the hell does it matter? Like, I, I lo- like whatever. But I feel like there's um. So I I wish that this was less the argument and people would focus more on guys that always have the same match like always have the same kind of match and i feel like ck won't always have the same kind of match yeah it and especially in a match like this it was 13 minutes long i forgot to mention uh shima mm. penned ginky with the iconoclasm into mad splash which is something that this is the first time i think he's done a mad splash in about a year or so so that was kind yeah of- that was pretty good i think that was like my one moment where i was like okay shima i'll give you that one mm-hmm. Okay, I'll, okay. But, you know, other than that, it was just kind of like, okay, now we're going to do this, now we're going to do this, now we're going to do that. And I feel like, I don't, know how to, I don't know how to explain this and how to really make the difference between these guys have their spots and that's okay, and these guys always have the same match, right? I, I, but I, you know what I mean. Oh, oh totally. Like, there's a, there's a, levels of gradation of like people who do the same routines in a match and do the same sequences then i feel like ck1 has a similar formula and i feel like that's what you're getting yeah. to and mm-hmm. exactly and like the one match that kind of broke into that formula was doyoshi and i feel like that's because they wanted to have more of a doyoshi style match yeah 
And, you know, even Doyoshi uh, have, you know, their things that they do and mm -hmm. that I wouldn't change for the world, but I feel like they have more varied matches. Sure, yeah. And uh, it, it's one of the things that I guess with CK1, because realistically, at least the way I see it, they're probably, unless there's a, like a defense at Hakata, they're probably not going to be making a defense at Dangerous Gate. So I'm wondering maybe... Like, what kind of team do you try to have CK1 face to try to pull them out of that, like, formula? You think they're not going to have a defensive dangerous game? Oh, because Overgeneration is going to be in the disband's match. At least, that's my theory. Okay. I don't know, because I feel like... I really do agree with you that... It's funny, because when I say the CK that CK1 always have the same kind of match, I'm thinking about, like... The match against, like, um, I think it was Seahawk and Shingo was very similar to the match against Seahawk and Linda, and it was very similar to the match against Hulk and KZ. And for me, the best match of this of the CK1 reign, and I don't know if it counts as a match of their reign, but it's the match where they won it, yeah, where they the, won the titles. The one against Yokosuka Echomi. Yeah, that felt, that was a really, really good match, and that wasn't the formula that they've settled in. Mm -hmm. So I wonder what kind of team would be able to pull a match like that against them. Yeah, and um, the, the team that I would propose is probably not going to happen because what we'll get into later, but but the team that I think would be interesting to try to pull them out of that match would be Mochi Fuji. I would love that, actually. Yeah, like, I just feel like that they just have, they just add a little bit different, like Mochizuki, of course, with his style of offense, and then Don Fuji with his kind of grumpy old madness, I feel like that would kind of pull them out of their formula. So that's what I would like to see. Mm. But, uh, so, so really... Honestly, I feel, I feel like it's not too far-fetched. Like... Yeah, it, it's, we just have to see how the next few months play out. I feel like the next few weeks, rather. So, mm -mm. like, but I, I agree with you about, like, the formula thing. I kind of want to now go back and watch all their matches from the rain, which doesn't sound like the most pleasant thing to do but just to see like how much of a not formula, really you know not how much of a formula it was because i think my highest other than the uh the, the, the match they won in doyoshi like it seems like the match my match ratings for them have gone down as the rain has gone on so i think that mm -hmm. lines up with what you're saying so it's it kind of feels like they're getting comfortable isn't it a little bit yeah yeah i i agree with you on that and I know, you know, that people are going to say, oh, this is just because Milo doesn't like Shima that he's saying, no, they have a, the same match every time, blah, 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 whatever. But I stand by it, you know? Yeah. And hey, out of the three of us, and now that our parent is out of here, I think that the two of us have probably had the most diametrically opposing views of Shima and the wrestler's mm -hmm. career. And I agree with you on this. So anyone who's saying, oh, Milo, he's just ragging on Shima, this is biased. No, it's, I notice it, and I would argue that I'm probably one of the top 5% of Shima fans of all time. Like, <laughs> it's there, guys. Like, I don't think that, like, they had a great match against Toyoshi, but there's a trend. And, if, and it's important to recognize biases, and it's important to recognize trends, and not, like, let it, like, obscure what you're saying, but there's a trend here. And I think that you're pretty dead on on the formula. But uh, after the match, we had 
uh, <laughs> we had a, a really great moment, and it was something that I, when I went back and was rewatching the show, I kind of focused on Genki during this because he's always great in how he expresses himself. Okay, Genki has the greatest face mm-hmm. in Dragon Gate. Like his his facial expressions, his reactions to like everything are the best. I think he might be like the best like second like seconding someone like who's also in a yeah. match that they have because he always does like he's the, the little kind, things. Yeah. He's the kind of guy that if he's like by the apron supporting someone and he catches your eye, he will almost like distract you from what's going on in the ring because he has the best reactions. Oh, you know, during the uh, Doyoshi Ryosuka match, I actually have written down uh, Genki's excitement for the cycling Yahoo. Because that that happened to me right at that moment. Like, he was so excited about Ryo going for the cycling Yahoo that he pulled mm-hmm. focus for me away from it. And he's so great in this. Like, I, yeah. like he seems like that he would be, like, the best guy to have your back. And if you're getting into, like, a huge saddle match. Because he would be try- always, like, reacting really well and getting the crowd on your side. And I love him in that. But, but what happened here was Yosuke Sana Maria kind of snuck up out of the backstage area into the ring. And gave probably... I'd say probably close to a 45-second deep kiss to Kagatora, would you say? God, I wish that were me. Like, it was, like, full-on, like, this is something that during, like, the production code era of films, they would have to, like, cut it down to three seconds. It was that sensuous. (laughs) And right after that, she took the belt, she kissed the belt, and applied it gently back to Kagatora. So I guess she might be getting the next Brave Gate shot, and I'm stoked to see what kind of match that's going to be. Fuck you. I'm I'm so excited. Yeah, like, Maria was so great in her Brave Gate reign. Like, that was such a great story, and, and she stepped up so much. And as I said mm. earlier, I'm getting such a deeper appreciation of Kagatora this year that I, like, these are the kind of matches that I like having for the Brave Gate. And with, like, Ada's reign kind of petering out the way it did, and the bad build for Flamita, like, this is what I want from this division. So, I'm soaked. How about you? <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> it, um, like, I... You, I mean, I, I've said on here before that I've been really kind of disappointed by how Maria has, like, slid back down the, mm-hmm. the booking uh, after her reign ended. And, like, she got... I'm trying to think. Uh, she got one triangle gate challenge, right, after that. Didn't she have a twin gate with KZ as well? Yeah, one try. I, I was gonna bring it, bring that up, but uh, she had a triangle gate challenge last year, and then the twin gate challenge with KZ, and that's about it, right? Oh, and she was in Kenya Gate too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like she hasn't really gotten anything, and I feel like Maria is one of those wrestlers that is like I don't know how to say it, but. She doesn't necessarily, like, stand out in a tag match. Like, especially when she's paired up with someone like KZ, who really, for, like, in his case, really pops out of the screen. But her Brave Gate reign was probably one of my favorite things in wrestling that year that it happened last year. And, like, you got to remember that, I mean, she didn't really have it easy because she had, she defended against Mondai Ryu. Yeah, and that's a tough match for anyone, really. Yeah, but that match was really good. 
Yeah, if I remember like, right, that might have been like one of my favorite Monday Ryu matches of all time. Yeah, it was it was probably the best ma- the best Monday Ryu match of all time, yeah. to be honest. Like and like so she had that reign and she defended against Monday Ryu. I think that was her only defense because she won it in March and she lost it in July. Yeah. And she had Katoka, Monday Ryu and Eita as title matches and those three were really really good. Yeah, like that and, and like pulling it back like there was like that period pretty much from Tazawa's reign into Katoka's mm-hmm. reign and into Maria's reign that the Brave Gate was on fire. Like even, yeah. even with Katoka's reign having a lot of kind of bullshitty finishes, like it was the, it was still a pretty strong I reign. I mean, the thing with Katoka's reign is that it only had one defense. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah. It was against Ada. So, and I mean, the the and it was yeah, it was against Ada. It wasn't really good like it even I, as the biggest Kotoka fan in the world, I have to say it wasn't really good. But that match with Maria was really, really good. And especially when you go back and rewatch it, uh, Kotoka versus Maria from Champion Gates 2016, the crowd was on fire. Right. Like, it was one of the hottest crowds that I've seen for, like, a Brave Gate match um especially in that i mean i like i like the the crowd that they have for champion gate um they're usually pretty into everything that's going on but they were very 110 percent behind maria that day oh i know she had a defense against tanizaki too yeah i was but that was at memorial gate so we didn't really like it's easy to forget about it yeah that was a really good match too but like the katoka match was really really good the mondai ryu match was really really good and the Eita match was really, really good as well. Like the the ones that we, where we we really got to like experience almost in re, almost in real time. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited because I feel like when she pulls out the big guns, she can really go. And I'm I'm really curious to see how she's gonna mesh with uh, Kyrie Tor because I don't think they've had a singles match. If they have, it would have been like a either a house show match. Where like the mm-hmm. house shows, I mean, no, that when you talk about going through the motions, we saw through the uh, the show in Yamanashi how the house show Dragon Gate can be, but I can't remember explicitly of one. So it, it's interesting. It's really intriguing to see yeah. how the two yeah. will wrestle and play off each other. Like again, this is like Dragon Gate getting everyone involved and actually like building up storylines. This is better Dragon Gate than how things were leading up to Kobe World, at least in my opinion. So, the... It's, uh, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting, and they didn't say, like, they didn't outright said it's gonna be a challenge, like, we're all making assumptions here, but it seems pretty clear that it's gonna be, and so if it's for Dangerous Gate, that means that that, that probably Tri Vanguard isn't going to be in the uh, unit disbands match because you'll have both mm-hmm. Yamato and Ka- and Maria out. So I think that that this might indicate to some people that uh Tri Vanguard might be safe. But we'll see how that all plays out. The uh, last match for intermission and one of my favorite matches on the show was another 5 units survival uh survival race league match between Young Maximum of Katoka, Benke, Bigar Shimizu versus uh, Over Generations Young Guys of Kaido, Ishida, uh, Takahiro, Yamamura, and Ada. Ada uh, submitted Katoka in 12 minutes with an El Numerono, and this that was, was awesome. so freaking. 
That was so good. I want more of this. Yeah. This, I want more of this. I want a best of five series. I, I don't even care. And I, I love this young generation so much. And this team of Eita, uh, Yamamura, and Shida is so good. Mm-hmm. It's like the older brother, like taking his younger brother to the club for the first time. And they get into like a dance battle. It's like West Side Story. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it. I really love. I loved it so much. I really did. God, I love these guys. I love these kids. So, in the West Side Story a- analogy, who are the sharks and who are the jets? <sighs> well, I feel like over generation have to be the sharks. Yeah, Ata has like the. Lucha Libre, Mexico influence, right? Yeah. And then, yeah, Maximum can be the Jets. And, you know, that kind of fits with their aesthetic, too. Mm-hmm. Like, a little bit more of greasers, you know? Makes sense. <laughs> that's true. But, yeah, this... So, yeah, I, I, I really, really love that. Like, and that's kind of where the crowd uh, started to pick up as well. Yeah, like, the crowd was really getting into it, and... Especially, and behind both teams, to be honest, like, there were, like, the, yes, there were, like, the, everyone, like, like Benkei has started to really get a response, and, like, you'll get, like, a certain part of the audience going for Benkei, and then you'll get completely opposite parts of the audience going for Ada, and then a different side of the audience going for Katoka, who really has, since he's left for Zerk, learned how to play this great, like, babyface in peril kind of character. Mm. Like I love him so much, and he's so good in it. Like I love it. The and the crowd is so behind him. Yeah, like it's like this is this is exactly like when we were getting hyped up about how the unit survival race was going to be like. This is exactly what I was hoping for. This kind of match, like, and this kind of corkin, like it was incredible. Like, and the match itself was great. Like, I love how Benkei. Just now, his idea of breaking up pens is just deadlifting guys. Mm. Like, it's so good. And his spear. And probably my favorite thing in the match it was when Begar Shimizu did his crazy... I don't even know how what he calls the splash, but it's his falling splash that he does. And he did it to the outside. Uh, I think, I think, I think, don't quote me on that. I think it's called Otakebi. Okatabi? Otakebi. Otakabi. Okay. Ota Otakebi. I'm never gonna. I think. I'm never. I think that's. It right. I, I I think that's what they call it when he does it from like the second rope. So mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. Okay. Because when what he really he really just like lifts his arm and lets himself fall on top of his opponent, and you're just like, that guy probably sees his entire life flashing in front of his eyes. Yeah. But it it was so good. Like he just like. The way he's kind of, like, adapted to his offense and doing, like... Uh, like, we've been talking about the shot putt slam ever since it became a move. But he's adding in, like, these new things to it that are so great. And I really like his teamwork with Binke as well. Like, mm. l- like, like just two big beefy boys who just do beefy boy moves to little guys. I, I enjoy it a whole lot. Yeah, and I, I, I love their dynamic. I love the dynamic of the trio as well with, mm-hmm. like, kind of just uh, two... Two big guys and one like little scrawny punk. Uh, yeah. I re- against like because 
Ada and uh, Yamamura and Ishida all, all kind of have the same body type. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I think Ishida is probably the lankiest. Like he needs to get some meat on those bones. Ata is ripped though. Ata and Katoda are ripped. Like when you think back about like the time they were together in the Millennials, it's a little like unsettling. Yeah, because Ata used to be really scrawny back then, and yeah. especially so before it- before he went to Mexico. Yeah, it's definitely not as unsettling though as when Hulk came back last year. He had abs. Yeah, like. Since when does BB Hulk have abs? And we saw how quickly those went away, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, no, that was... Um, I really I really love the dynamic between those two teams. I, I hope that we get more matches yeah. out of them. I, I'm hoping so, too. And it seems like they will be getting a lot of those guys, or some of those guys in the next Corican as the uh, post-main event angle kind of shows so maybe we'll see like just because it looks up we might very well see a well actually it can't happen because <laughs> we'll get into this later big r shimizu has other things to do next month but that this was incredible it was hot fighting from the start and both you both groups gel really well and i really like the vibe that maximum gives off and how it kind of differentiates them between the other face units Mm. like like they kind of like we were joking about sharks versus jets but they they do kind of feel like cocky street punks in the way being led by like their big brothers who are just like also just kind of full of themselves which is great yeah it, it's it's really like that because i mean doyoshi definitely have grown and matured a little bit not too much god forbid but they were the like co- the cocky young punks at some point mm-hmm um they def- definitely were and um it's it's really fun to see them kind of chaperone those three young guys um because i think ben k especially is like the one that's the earliest in his career but he's probably the one that has the biggest ego oh yeah well like he looks like like the guy at the gym who doesn't clean up after himself who like makes really loud noises and like stares you down like he has that kind of ego to me. Yeah. It's it's really really interesting to see that. So, yeah, they they really do kind of feel like a little greaser gang um you know, hanging out behind the cinema after the last showing, ready to steal your girl. Yeah, uh <laughs> I I I like to also believe like with this that like just because how Doi's voice is, that he's probably like smoking a pack a day, has his cigarettes rolled up in his t-shirt, you know? Like just yes, just smug as all get out, like. Mm-hmm. But right. <laughs> but definitely, if if you're looking to watch matches from the show, this is one to watch. It's yeah, you have to see this. And, really, really great. And this really like the the first three matches of the show, they were good. Like it was nothing bad on the show, but this was when the show really kicked to the next level. Like Milo, you were saying, the crowd got so into it at this point, and mm-hmm. that really led to our first match back from intermission with Doyoshi going against Ryosuka. And oh, those are now those are two all-time great teams. Oh, absolutely. And John mentioned this on the uh, live report. Uh, you don't see much of Ryosuka anymore. Like and it's kind of crazy about the Jimmy is like you have so many like legendary teams within this stable. Like mm. dating back like throughout the entire existence of Torimon, like you have 
three of the members of the original M2K and with Susumu and Kanda being like the first like big tag team in Toriyamon going through. Then you would have like you have Marahai Sapa, you have Ryosuka, you have Kaneska, and then you have you have Yokosuka Ichomi. Like that's the thing about the Jimmies I think is so interesting is you have so many of these teams together, so you don't see Ryosuka that often and they pull Ryosuka kind of out of the out of the closet and say, Alright guys, time for you to face the most legendary team at Corkin and boy did they deliver. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And see, this is I swear to God, with all the shit I've talked about Shima, this comes off so bad and I don't know how to like convey that this is like my genuine feelings and not just like some sort of petty bullshit, but I feel like uh, this match and CK1 versus uh, Kaidetora and Genki really kind of embodies what I mean when I say there's a difference between having spots that you do in every match and always having the same match. Yeah, because there are things like... Do- because, like oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, because Doyoshi have their spots that they're going to do in every match, like that sort of like elevated sling blade thing. Um, I don't know how they call it, but you know what I mean. Yeah. The, you the, do know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, the sling blade uh, top rope powerbomb. Right. Like they do they do this in nearly every match and a lot of other stuff too, like the, um, I think it's lightning spiral into Bakatare, right? Yeah, uh, uh, Torbellino. Torbellino, sorry, not lightning spiral. I was like, that's not right. I would say, I, I don't think, I don't remember <laughs> last time I seen Yoshino hit the lightning spiral. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, that that can't be right. So yeah, Torbellino into Bakatare is something that they do all the time. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that they always have the same match. You know what I mean? Yeah, and right. Okay. With the two matches that Doyoshi has had, with the CK one one and the Ryosuka one, like they both felt like completely different matches. Whereas this, whereas this one was back and forth, like from the get go. And mm. if if I watched this live, I would have been convinced that either team could win. And this was like a oh, match. I was, I definitely was. And it was a match of high stakes. Whereas CK one, like as soon as. Uh, as soon as Shima got out of the Sol Naciente, I was like, okay, CK1's retaining unless somehow Doi hits the muscular bomb. Yeah, I was really like, ugh, whatever. But like, Let's I, not talk about this anymore. But anyways, let's talk about how great this match was. It was uh, Doi pinned Jimmy Saito with a Bakatari sliding kick in 18 minutes. And I, I think that, and it's going to sound crazy because they've only had two matches, but... I think Doyoshi is making a good claim already for a Dragon Gates Tag Team of the Year in just two matches. They're just like, they're so good. They're they are so they are so good, and they are so good. And you know, there's there's I, I'm I'm a big sap, and I I love stories of like soulmates and stuff like that. And there are some guys and. I see this a lot in my my favorite in-ring rivalry is Kushida versus Kyle O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. And I feel that way about them, the same way I feel about Doyoshi in that I feel like these are guys who are just born to be in the ring together. Yeah, and it's... Like, of- there's, there's talent, there's hard work, there's chemistry, and then there's just... So it's something that I can't explain, but there, it's, there's just people that were born to do this together. Yeah, like, and with Doyoshi, I don't know if it's, like, fate or something, but it, it's kind of crazy that, like, they both are t- 
our Tormon 2000 project guys, and they were kept far apart for so long. So long. <laughs> so I'm about to break out the violin. <laughs> so but, yeah, it, it, it's time for Uncle Mike's uh, dra- uh, Dragon System story time. But oh, uh, God. Uh, they, they were apart like through the entirety of T2P going into Torimon X. And it wasn't until Dragon Gate with Blood Generation that they joined up together. And ever since then, like it was like the missing thing that was like for Naruki or Second Doi, his first few years of his career, he was always just kind of there. And mm. it was, like, the thing that really, in a lot of ways, saved Naruki Doi from being another Taku Awasa, in a lot of ways. <laughs> and you know how I feel about Taku Awasa, saying that. <laughs> Pay your respects. Pay your respects. Hey, I follow him on Twitter now, and it's all, like, it, all he has are just, like, posting of, like, whatever meal he's having and drawings he's yeah. doing. So mm. he seems to be doing all right. But anyways, like, I, I'm totally with you on this, like... Doi Yoshi, like, they're fated to either, like, be opponents, be partners, be lovers, be uh, hated rivals, but them being back together is, like, one of those things that in Dragon Gate was missing for so long that now they're back. Like, Mm -mm. things feel right now. Yeah, it's really, like, they're destined to do this forever. I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. They actually kind of are the Dragon Gate equivalent of Kevin Cena and El Generico, now you think about it. Kind of, right? Right? I, I mean, and it, you know, it's it's really funny that we're talking about this now with the G1 going on and everybody going crazy about like Ibushi and Omega because those are guys that kind of fall into the same category, right? Yeah. We're like always going to be linked and always kind of we're just destined to be together or fight each other or whatever. So everything is just really, uh, really good right now for star-crossed lovers and wrestling. The, it must be something with a solar eclipse coming up. You know, <laughs> is the sun making us gayer? You know that might be happening. Oh, we're, we're, we're going to look into science. Science might explain that, but <laughs> but like getting back to the match, it was like it was a loud corking crowd that was like it's interesting since Doi turned face. Like the crowd was getting more and more on his side, but it seems like adding Yoshino back into it. And now these two guys feel like rock stars in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know John was talking about, like, sitting in front of a bunch of women who were just screaming Doi-chan and Yoshino nonstop. And it came across on TV. So, oh, I, at least we can verify that, that how hot the crowd was in Cork and came across on the broadcast. Like, mm-hmm. it was... But yeah, this match, I loved it so much. Like, again... Geeky's excitement for the cycling Yahoo was incredible. Okay, I've I honestly I'll admit I am one of those people that always pops for the cycling Yahoo. Like I always do the call with him. It, it, it's a great call. Like I love it. Like I love that he even though he's no longer the cycling enthusiast, he still does it. Mm. But yeah, and and what a finish with that match too. Mm-hmm. Like, I love it. See, it's one of those. It's uh, it's one of those finishes that really just works, and it's like mm-hmm. tag team finishers. Because it's funny because you have the Torbellino and and the Bakatari, and those are usually moves that are paired with another, right? Yeah. Because Yoshino does the Torbellino as a lead up to the Sol Naciente, and Doi usually does Doi fives before the Bakatari. And instead, they just combine them together, and it's beautiful, and I love it. 
it's like in Marvel versus Capcom when you're able to string ultimates together of tagging people in and out. It's like, oh, we usually would use this to lead into something else, or this is supposed to be done after something. It just meshes perfectly. Yes, it's beautiful. They're they're such a great team. I really hope they stay together for more than six months. You, you know, I th- with the way that things are looking, I think that Maximum might be the super face unit for the rest of the year or until they well, going through like after the next unit shuffle, you know? God, I I really hope so. I mean, I really don't even though they they they're like threatening to do it and stuff like that. I really don't think that they're going to disband Maximum. I think that's the unit that's like safest. Right. Just as they're just as they're so young and it just and so young and also so popular because they could be a young unit and just kind of just flop, mm-hmm. but they're extremely popular and it's not like oh they're a heel unit and they're too popular we have to break them up. It's like they're a face unit. They're super popular. Everything's working according to plan. Hooray! So yeah, uh, and I think I think they're staying. Like I, I kind of wrote this up in my big. Uh, preview i did for the uh, series on voices of wrestling i think they're the safest one but i think they're going to play with us i think they're going to play oh, with, yeah play with the fact that oh, big yeah. R shimizu has a reputation now as a unit killer mm-hmm. so we, Poor guy. I, I mean he, big R shimizu that is a interesting guy I, the, the more i think about big R shimizu the more that like he's not he's never going to be like my favorite guy in Dragon Gate, just because mm. I I have a certain type. I like going for... I always like picking, like, a rookies and following them through their career. Or I like, like, really good heels. Not not Berserk heels, but, like, heels that actually are really good. But, like, I appreciate Big R Shimizu. Like, I appreciate that he is, like... That he talks... That he, do, he talks things that make no sense. He gets himself in bad him. situations. And he throws really people around. He's I great. really love him. But yeah, that. Uh, do you have any more thoughts about Doyoshi and Ryosuka? Uh, no, it was just great. I loved it. Like when I really, really, really love a match, I I just want to scream how much I loved it. And this is really one of those. Like, like that was a really good two match stretch. And I think that, and I know I said this of over uh, Kobe World, but I think this is now my new. <laughs> this has been happening a lot to me but this is my new dragon gate match of the year just because how much i enjoyed it like this that's nice i i just like i i to me like this is the kind of stuff that i I at least watch dragon gate for and Mm. it was great and if you are looking if you have to piece out your matches or you have to pick and choose don't sleep on this match yeah that was really good i really recommend and then we have I feel like you should just watch the last three matches of this show because, like, we're going to get into it. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, see, this is the reason why I don't review things, like, ever because I don't know how to put my thoughts in order. <laughs> I, I try I away from staying away from doing, like, show reviews as well. Like, they either have to be, like, jokey or, like, I am doing an explicit thing, like, talking about how G1 special was or getting really drunk and re- and reviewing Joey Janela's Spring Break. Like, those are the reviews I can't do. <laughs> I can't do, like, what That's Case does. So. Yeah, uh, Case is a stronger, stronger man than all of us. Rip Case, we hope you're doing well. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, financially, I'm not sure since he's going to college, but, you know, hey. we're keeping him in our prayers. 
he, hey, he's going to be in Rich Crate country, so he might actually be moving in. You with... say this like it's a good thing. Hey, hey. he's never going to go to school. Oh yeah, he's just going to be at. It's, he's just going to be at AAW shows all the time. I mean, there's better, there's worse ways to drop out of school. To be fair, but you know, no case. Go to class. Go to class, case. Case, please make us proud. Make, make us, us proud. Make us proud. All right. Don't be like me. Don't be like me. And and don't go crazy like I do. Just mm-hmm. d- don't take after us. That's the lesson we're leaving here. But uh, let's get into the main event of the show, which was a elimination match. They they didn't. They said that they were going to reveal the stipulations and the kind of match as it as they got to bell time. And they only really said no over-the-top rope eliminations. Yeah, it was just pin or submission. Yeah, like, I was hoping it... I didn't know if it was going to be Yoshida style or Inanawa style or one of those. But nope, it was just straight four-on-four elimination. No over-the-top rope. And it was between Tribe Vanguard, the entirety of Tribe Vanguard, versus the uh, Berserk team of Takagi, T-Hawk, Yoshida... And Lindemann, I guess that's really the entirety of Berserk at this point, because we haven't seen Punch Tobinaga in a while, and Lord knows what Brother Yashi's up to. But uh, it was a it was an elimination match, and for the first time since I can remember, it was a complete sweep 4-0 uh, uh, Tribe Vanguard as they took out every single member of Berserk without suffering elimination of their own. The first uh, fall was Yamato in 22 minutes, giving the Frankensteiner of the Almighty to T-Hawk, which that was kind of stunning. Then Maria got a pen on Yoshida at 22 at 23.39. Hulk did a trash can-influenced uh, first flash onto El Lindemann. And then the deciding fall, KZ, motherfuckers. Did the Sky to Schoolboy at thirty twenty four on Shingo Takagi, and that was a cathartic match. That Mike. Yes. Do you have any idea how happy this match made me? How happy? Do it's like it took nearly a year and a half of frustration that I had, and just. Gave me sweet release. It was the greatest thing I... Like, honestly, I say this a lot. And something that I see next week is probably going to be the new greatest thing that I've ever seen. But this was the greatest thing that I've ever seen. Like, this was... I was like, at every element... Like, when it when it went... Uh, when it was like 2-4, I was like, they're not going to do it. There's no way they're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And then it was like 1 versus 4. And I was like, oh my... Freaking God, it's happening. And then it happened, and Verzerk got a freaking ass-kicking. They got their asses whooped, sent back in time. I love them. I, I love Tr- Dragon Gate and Tribe Vanguard, and this was great, and I loved it so much, and it was amazing. And I just want to say, fuck Verzerk, and especially fuck Shendo Takagi. It was, like... This is something that if Tribe Vanguard did this, like, last year at this time... Think about, like, how different the path of Tribe Vanguard could have been. Like, why was it, why did it take them a full year for them to have, like, the biggest win of the unit's history? Mm. But, yeah, it was so cathartic. And it was a, 
it was a good match. I wouldn't put it as good. I wouldn't mark say it, it was as good as the two matches previous, but it was a it was a Dragon Gate elimination match. It you know what kind See? of you know what you're gonna get. It's weird because it wasn't as good on like a wrestling standpoint, mm-hmm. but it was one of the biggest feel good moments I've had in wrestling this year. It I, Dragon Gate needed a win, and we got a win. I feel like, mm-hmm. and uh, get and like the match itself, like you had your crowd brawling, and yes, we got to see y'all very briefly. Hey, John. Hey, Mort. Hey, Taylor. Hey, Mark. We saw them very briefly as they went into the crowd, and Yamato and T Hawk was chopping the crap out of each other up on that like little. I don't even know how to call it that. Like. The area between, like, the top of the orange seats and the bottom, where they have, like, a flat, like, entrance area, I guess. And then, when it kind of was, it was a lot more weapons-heavy than a lot of the usual uh, elimination matches, but it wasn't, like, but it wasn't, like, Berserk bullshit weapons-heavy. Like, every time Berserk would try to, like, use a weapon, eventually, Tri-Vanguard would get the better of them with it. Like, like, T, uh, like, L. Lindemann made a big deal about bringing the trash can, and whoops, you got you got that trash can kicked in your head. Like, it, it, it was very cathartic in that kind of way when I'm talking about being cathartic. Uh, but it the things that, like, I really noticed from it was uh, Takagi really should have been wrestling 20 years ago for FMW because he has such a boner for that style. Yeah, well, he didn't he wrestle for FMW, like, a week ago or something? He might have. Like, was it against Onita? I'm pretty sure I saw pictures, like... This is my surprised face that he would go do that. I, I'm, I'm being very serious right now, but yeah, like he, it's so it's so weird, Takagi. Like he's someone that very much is influenced by a different style of wrestling. So him, like it seems like these kind of brawls are more of his bread and butter, especially in like a multi man aspect. But it was it was a really good and fun match. The crowd was really behind everyone like when yosuke decided that she wanted to punch the crap and and form the crap out of everyone the crowd was getting into it and that was great mm. and it, it was a it was a great match uh the moment when it became four on one i the, like the match that like the look of shingo that he were he just realized oh oh shit oh shit time for me to to try to do some bullshit and it didn't work out bullshit failed for once so yeah and then kz of course like he gets these pinfalls on to like takagi and like these guys and it's 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 always the thing that makes me wonder like could should they be doing more of kz could they do more of kz or is this his role to have a title but he's so good as an underdog so i'm just kind of like i don't know it's just like he he for like ever since dia hearts he's been the best like underdog that dragon gate has had and but then he has like performances like this where he's the underdog and he makes makes you wonder like is he better than an underdog could he be more like i'm not saying that he should have like a dream gate shot but could he be like the leader of a, a Triangle Gate team? Like, could that happen in some crazy mixed up universe? Like, I don't know. It's interesting, but it was a fun match. You know, it was, 
it was the uh the, the crowd was into it it's the it was the corkin yeah. it was the corkin crowd for an elimination match like this is what dragon gate does best when they're doing corkin shows mm. and honestly i think it was less about the wrestling and more about the moment so yeah you know i completely agree i'm looking at my notebook that i take my copious notes of each match and I don't mm-hmm. have like any actual wrestling notes here. It's all things like, like uh, how like KZ was going and the Maria like kind of hulking up, and then KZ's like finishing stretch with the Sky to Skullboy. Like this was a match about emotions and feelings. Yes, absolutely. And this show is really cathartic, y'all. Like <laughs> it was needed. Like, like. To be quite honest, like there were so many like weeks and months that we were that like we would talk like outside the podcast or like oh these shows Dragon Gate's really just stagnant and after Kobe World which was an okay show just didn't feel like a Kobe World we had this which felt like an important Dragon Gate Corkin and they're building up the next Corkin as another important Dragon Gate Corkin and yeah. I'm not completely ready to say that I feel like Dragon Gate's back on track, but I feel like they're doing the right things right now. So, I'm excited. And, uh, uh, did you have anything else about the main event? Not really, like... I mean, I think KZ Pin and Shingo is always going to be one of my favorite things in the world, like... I mean, they have to, of course they have to save it for, like... What is that noise? Uh, my, my yard, uh, uh, my apartment complex always has people in the, who are doing yard work during the day on Thursdays, and are they, and they're right now doing a leaf blower onto my patio right now, I'm just gonna give play-by-play of this as I'm watching them out my window, and they're being very, very loud, I might cut this out, to be honest, but I, okay, they're gone, yeah, sorry, that was... That was lawn workers. Mm. So, yeah. Anyways, Shingo and KZ. Yeah. So I I feel like, obviously, they should, like, keep it for this this kind of match. Especially at the climax of, like... Because you would expect someone like Shingo to be able to at least get one of the members out, right? Oh, yeah. Like, you would expect Shingo to be able to pin Maria, for example. And probably the same for when he's left, when, Yeah, but T-Hawk was, like, the first to go out, so... Sucks to him. Like, I mean... I mean, <laughs> sucks to be him. I mean, in a situation like this, you would expect Shingo to be able to at least fight back and eliminate a Maria, or even maybe Hulk. Right. Um... So the fact that not only was he totally unable to do that, but he was once again pinned by KZ, who, I mean, we know what Shingo thinks of KZ, is just so delicious. It's great. It's, it's, I love, uh, honestly, I, this makes me so happy because you know how much I hate Berserk. But... Even, I feel like even someone who doesn't hate Berserk as much as I do and likes, you know, the individual members um, still had to feel like that was well-deserved. Like, oh. like they finally got what was coming to them. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. And I'm 
like the person in Berserk I'm probably highest on is Lindemann, but like this storytelling wise was what needed to happen for both units. Yeah, it's been absolutely. It will be two years of Berserk at Dane at after Dangerous Gate, and it's we'll, and it's we've just passed a full year of Tri Vanguard, and this was something that really should have happened in 2016, but now that it's happened, it feels so good, man. Yes, it feels so good and so needed. And then after, it was amazing. It was it, this was a great show, as we've said countless times. Watch the show. Uh, after the after the match, though, we had some more things go down. Uh, first off, over generation maximum came out for a confrontation, and it kind of turned into a three way argument between the three units and. It, it got pretty heated with, like, Ada actually was the big mic worker for the segment, which is something that hasn't happened that often, and he was doing pretty mm-hmm. well with it, I felt like. But they set up a survival race three-way six-man tag for the next Corkin between Overgeneration, Maximum, and Berserk. And I, I, Jay has not posted the exact member, all nine members for this match yet, but... It seemed like it's going to be Doi Yoshi and Katoka versus, I think, Ada and Ada and either Asaka Zenroku or CK1. And then it's going to be a Yoshida, T-Hawk, and Lindemann, I feel like. so. Mm. And the interesting thing about this is it's an elimination match where the thing that's going to happen is the winner of the first fall gets credit for like the win in the standings, and then they're done with the match. And then the person who took the fall and the other team are going to continue to wrestle. And the people who lost that fall get docked two losses. So you yeah. really don't, you either want to win the first fall, you have to, you really want to win one of the two falls or else bad things happen to you with that. So, <laughs> so uh, what do you feel about this match coming up? It seems like it's going to be pretty interesting. Mm. I'm excited. Is Drenyan is finally making me excited again. I really needed this. <laughs> and if that's not the only thing to be excited about, right after that, Mochizuki came out right as they were starting to do like the thank you very much for coming part of the show. And he laid a challenge out for Yamato. But right before Yamato is going to accept that, the big boss of Maximum, Big R Shimizu, came out and said, hey, you won an attack match. I beat this fool here in this building in three minutes in a singles match. In a tournament match. Yeah. So not a, like not only a singles match, but it was also a King of Gate match. Yeah, like the the match I think we we said at the time was probably the most like that de- was probably like one of the most like devastating matches of the tournament. Like Yamato got nothing in that match. It was just- Yeah, it was incredible. I, I loved it. Especially when you remember that their King of Gate final from 2016 went pretty long. Right. Like it was a it was a pretty long match, and uh, I mean, Bidar Shemizu gave Yamato the like the time of his life in that match as well. But Yamato survived the onslaught. Mm-hmm. There, he survived nothing. He was like flat as a pancake in three minutes flat. Like it was incredible. I really amazing. Yeah, like, so, so, like, we have that back history going into it, and Mochizuki and Yamato have great history as well, but they decided that uh, GM Yagi came out and did his favorite thing in the world, which is making matches. So, for a dream key at the next Korokin will be Big R Shimizu and Misaki Mochizuki 
where I guess the winner of that match will face Yamato at Dangerous Gate. So, I... That's going to be a real interesting match. Like, I... I can honestly see it going either way with those two. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just as likely that Mochizuki becomes the number one contender as Big R Shimizu. Yeah, I'm really 50-50 here. As for what I want to happen, I... I... I'm kind of torn because while I love Mochizuki versus Yamato, I don't know if Mochi should be going for the Dream Gate. Um, But also, I don't know if... Because I think Bidor has never challenged for the Dream Gate, right? Not to my knowledge, offhand. Yeah, no, he hasn't. He's he's never had a, a Dream Gate challenge. Um, if he's going to have a Dreamgate challenge, I think I would I would be confident in him having his first Dreamgate challenge against the guy that we know he has good matches with. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm 50-50. I have no idea who's going to win. Like, for, it's really unpredictable. Yeah. But I think I would prefer, I think, Bidar to win. You know, I think you've talked me into it. I... <laughs> Like, as much as I love Mochizuki, and I've realized that both of my retro matches so far have had Masaki Mochizuki in them, so maybe I'm a bigger fan of him than I've realized. I think it's it's a good time for a big guard to have his first uh, Dreamgate challenge, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there'll be other things on that show to to bulk it up in case, like, ticket sales, I guess, are bad, or in case, like, like the finals of the... Unit disbands race will be there, so there's going to be other draws to it. And as you said, like he's had some great matches with Yamato before, so it, it's really a test to see if he's ready to be put into that situation. Like, yeah, like I, I, I think we were both confident to say that Yamato will probably beat whomever he faces there, but I think it, I think it's time for you to give the young boy a shot. See what happens. Mm-hmm. I'm, re- I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. So, uh, to close books on that, Corican, great show. My favorite Corican of the year. You should check it out, and I think it's going to lead into a really exciting September Corican because we'll still be in the unit survival race. So, thumbs up for me. How about you? Uh, definitely uh, the show I needed. Like, I needed Dragon Gate to reel me back in and make me excited about their product again, and they definitely did that with that show. Oh, totally. Like, that. The, this was so needed, I feel like. Like, great show. But, all right, so Milo, do you want to do questions, or should we get into the real main event? Mm. What? I was going to say, should we do mailbag questions, or should we do uh, Open the Fashion Gate next? <laughs> let's keep let's uh let's keep open the fight the fashion gate for yeah the real main events all right so we I, I put out a call for questions earlier yesterday and today if you want to like ask us questions and answer on the show send them to at open on twitter and we'll answer them and put our spin on them and let's get it going the the, the first one is less of a question more of a statement from Monday Rogue at Alan the Rogue 
please describe in detail how fucking great it is that KZ's constantly making Shingo his bitch. Um... <laughs> I mean, I couldn't really have said it better myself. It was... It's... Well, like, Shingo's known for his feud with Hulk, but he kind of has, like, this underlying thing where he can't take out KZ, and that's great. Yeah. And, and yeah. I Was the last time he pinned him, was it with the uh, Sky Day, the Sky Day Schoolboy? I think it's always with the Sky Day Schoolboy. See, that's... I I think that's interesting. I like having moves be people's kryptonite. You know? Mm. So, yeah. No, it's awesome. It's great. He made it's him his, really... he, he made him look like a punk. It's great. And Shingo... It's... <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I was, I was going to say, like, it's amazing because it's like the little guy rising up, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think... It's it's a universal theme in wrestling that there's nothing more exhilarating than the perennial underdog getting one up on the big bully. Yeah, and especially for someone like KZ, who's never been a guy, he's never been in the same stable as Shingo, also. But like, like Shingo has been like a bully, and he's been a he's been good at portraying the bully role over the last two years. But he's been. But you need to have some scrappy dude be able to knock him down a peg. And why not KZ? Because he always is... He he was so excited. He was so excited, yeah. Milo. Like he, like He's like, so happy! The absolute boy did it. He really is the absolute boy. He is the absolute boy of Dragon Gate. And I love it. And I love him. Yeah, KZ's the best. So I'm, I'm going to say... I'm going to say this one question from X prototype kick uh, or x penalty kick until open the fashion gate because it's a photo they that they want a response from so oh god what is uh, oh it's a photo of fuji and ishii oh my god it's tremendous okay it's it's tremendous but uh the next question is from uh, dirk hedrix at dirk hedrix and the question is why did sua leave torimon and dragon gate Oh, this one's for you. Yeah. Uh, I, f- I might have answered this before. So there's like three things. One, uh, Sua legitimately thought that Dragon Gate was getting too gimmick heavy and he called it social dance wrestling bullshit. So <laughs> Sua just was not having like the Hulk. And then really when he left was 04, 05, 06, where that kind of stuff was at its height. So there was that. Uh he is another person in the We Fucking Hate Magnum Tokyo Club. Like... The the biggest club in Japan. The biggest club in Japan. Uh, Torimon guys who hate Magnum Tokyo. And he really hated Magnum Tokyo. And a third thing, which has never been substantiated, but from what I've heard and know about Sua, wouldn't surprise me. Sua was, a, was really a big figure at, at the end of Torimon Japan. Like... He, he recently had to faint, give up the title and they had a tournament, the Ultimo Dragon Gym title. But he was such a big figure then. And I think he saw that the company wasn't going to go his way. And the other things kind of like added up and he decided, nope, I'm out of here. So he went to Noah and didn't really have a whole lot of positive things to say about 
Dragon Gate, and all the other Torimon guys the remainder of his career. But for his retirement ceremony, Shima and Don Fuji came out for it. So at least they were still tight from a Crazy Max standpoint. So, Aw, that's cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually been watching a lot of Crazy Max recently. So it's been... I really mm-hmm. liked Sua back in that time period. He was a weirdo, but he was kind of the... Uh, he was the crazy part of Crazy Sua. Max. Yeah, I liked Sua a lot. Yeah, like... If somehow we ever came as a wrestler, <laughs> yeah, as a wrestler, there's a lot of there's a lot of questionable personal decisions that people from Crazy Max did and all that kind of thing. But as a wrestler, Sua is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. The next question is from Glenn at GTO underscore AVFC. That's a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> and they ask us what happened to Naoki Tanizaki. So Milo, you take this one. All right, so I don't know exactly what happened. I, I couldn't be able to tell you, but basically he kind of stopped appearing on Dragon Gate cards outside of Osaka. But that was like a few months ago. I think his last appearance was like, it was either early this year or late last year. Um, I think what happened to him is that he's a 38, 39-year-old man with children, or at least one kid, uh, who doesn't really like want that touring life anymore yeah, I, I don't honestly like i don't think there was any drama with him or dragon gate or whatever i think they just kind of quietly parted ways um he's been removed from the roster page um so i'm it's i think it's safe to assume that it's not even like a kenichi or rai situation he's just like not dragon gate affiliated anymore i know he still does shows in like the tokyo area sometimes because i know that he's been working like that igf thing like uh new i think it's called um i I, i've seen him i'm I'm pulling up his cage match like he has done some stuff with yeah he's done some of igf and he he's doing some stuff with basara too. Yeah, he's he's doing Basara and Dove Pro a lot. Um, I think that's mostly mostly that. And um, honestly, I think he's just kind of slowing down on his like wrestling life. Yeah, like I've, yeah. I. Yeah. I don't... Honestly, you know, I love gossiping. You know, I love drama. I would love to be able to tell you that there's like a big story behind it, but I don't think there is. I just think he's like slowing down, um, taking it a little easier because I don't think he has the healthiest of lifestyles. Yeah. Outside of wrestling. Um, I mean, he's a Dragon Gate guy, so definitely not. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, mostly what he seems to be doing is, like, working for small promotions and promoting vaping companies. Yeah, he, he's all about that vape life. Yeah, he like, is. Like, his Twitter account for the longest time was just him at a bar, but now it's him, like, ripping fat cotton. Like, <laughs> he loves to vape, and... Uh, his last show he did with Dragon Gate was actually a homecoming show in Toyonaka in late December. So right, Mm-mm. and of course didn't make tape. But it just like and he, he and since then his just looking at his cage match, he wrestles a couple times a month. Like he's only had I'm trying to see how many exactly matches this year. He's only had 19 matches this year. So he's slowing down. Like like what. Like echoing what Milo said, like he he has he has a family. He has he at least has a daughter. He have he might have more kids because because yeah. yeah. his daughter being there when he won the Brave Gate and that was well, that was that's still like a a top Dragon Gate moment. Like that was amazing. 
Yeah, like, like not not only, not not only was the match amazing, mm-hmm. but that moment after was really cool. Really, really, really cute. One of the best episodes of Infinity, by the way. Like, mm. just like the whole tournament for the Brave Gate. But I don't, th- I don't know if the episode is still online. I, I can find it. <laughs> yeah, but, but the match definitely is Naoki Tanizaki versus Katatora for the vacant Brave Gate title. Amazing. Yeah. Go watch. Yeah, that next time it comes around to me, I might make that my match of the. Retro match rewatch. Sure, much. I, I was gonna select it at some point, so either one of us is good. Yeah, it, it's a great match, and I miss him. Uh, he kind of like is kind of got to a point where like he's done this before. Like he <laughs> he's left Dragon Gate before, and he took a couple of years where he bounced around El Dorado and did some death matches, and then he came back. So it's not outside the realm of possibility that Tanian comes back, but. It seems like he's moving on with his life. And Yeah, I don't think he's coming back this time. And you know, I'm kinda sad too because he was one of the guys when I started watching Dragon Gate that immediately caught my eye. Mm-hmm. Like he was one of my first favorites. Um, so you know, I'm kinda sad, but I really like I mean, I don't watch new, but I really like Basara and Duff Pro, so I'm still gonna be like watching what he does now. Yeah, he's just doing the less stuff. of it. Yeah, being yeah, just doing less of it, and I can't like I can't really blame him because, first of all, he's nearly forty years old. He's not necessarily in like I don't know how to I I don't I don't know how to say this. Like I know what I want to say, but it's gonna be gr- grammatically incorrect. Um, <laughs> he's not in as he's not in as good a shape as other guys his age. Yeah. Um. Like, I'm sorry, but it's just true. He drinks a lot. He vapes a lot. Um, it's like, you know. Um, you never see him with mid-breath photos. No, he doesn't hang out of mid-breath. Um, so, yeah, like, he's just, uh, he's just you know, doing, doing what he wants now. Like, I don't think he wants to have to follow, like, a, quite a straight touring schedule or whatever. He just... Uh, kind of wants to do do his thing yeah do his thing so that's what happened to naoki tanizaki don't worry about him yeah (laughs) i mean be more worried about kanichiro rai like that's a guy yeah yeah i have no idea where that guy is guts world guts world and asuka project i think Mm -hmm. uh he's still on the roster page he hasn't been at a show since kobe world last year and, and I don't think we'll see him ever again on Dragon Gate, from what I've heard. Come back! He needs to get his life together. Get your life together, Kanichiro Rai. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next question is from Andrew at Angry216. What's hey. your What's your favorite comedic moment in Dragon Gate? Jeez. This is a hard one. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Okay. So recently, they, they both involve two of the same people because I feel like they're two of the best lo, uh, low, low-key comedy guys in wrestling and Ryo Saito and Don Fuji. Yes. Okay, I, this, is, this is off to a good start. All right. The recent one was when Ryo Saito came back from his hernia and thought he was a middle school principal and <laughs> that... Don, that the veterans of Don Fuji, Shima, and Gamma were all middle schoolers and were part of the student council. 
I loved that. I loved that he would wrestle in his shirt and tie. He even wore into a dead or alive match. And they did like... Yes. Yes. That was 2015, right? Yeah, it was 2015. It was before they founded uh, Over Generation and after they got kicked mm. out of Mad Blanky. Yeah. But I love that time period. I, to this day, if anyone has one of the, the uh, middle school student council t-shirts that they made for like one show and there were like a hundred <laughs> of them. If I find that t-shirt, I will pay you whatever money you ask. Okay, not whatever money you ask, but an unreasonable amount of money because I loved that moment. The other one was when Don Fuji was a kleptomaniac and kept on stealing poor Rio Saito's bike. <laughs> Honestly, for me, I think it's always going to be moments from Dead or Alive because everybody comes loose at this at this like the main event, the cage match. I feel like the cage match brings both the worst and the best out of everyone. Oh yeah. And one thing that I it's like a running gag, and it's something that I will always find funny. And especially what I find funny is the escalation of it. Is whenever someone starts throwing balls at the cage. Yeah. Because over the years it's becoming bigger and bigger like sports balls like i think it started with like tennis balls and then we went to like footballs mm -hmm. like okay so soccer balls sorry because football is something else for you heathens um and it's always extremely funny to me like because you're gonna you're gonna be seeing balls coming out of nowhere i'm, I'm saying balls too much <laughs> you're gonna be <laughs> You're going to be seeing balls coming out of nowhere and then the camera pans out and you see that someone has somehow brought some sort of like weird sports contraption into the venue and it's like firing off at the cage and it's incredible. I love it so much. And just like the, the crazy things that they do in the match, like, like Shima's a fascination of using a smelly sneaker. Like Yes, Shima and his single shoes are like... Oh, don't tell Alan Road about it. He hates it. I think it's the best. Like it, it, it's like they've gotten so ridiculous with these cage matches. Like the the saga over like three years of that that Mas Masaki Mochizuki turns into a karate fighting robot. Yeah, it, it escalates. <laughs> and then they year. upgraded him. Oh yeah, they upgraded him. Like he's no longer he's no longer using like a remote control car controller. You can use him with voice activation. <laughs> just things like that like it they really do seem to come to like break loose and even like the stuff in the in the match like the fact that somehow bb hulk is like someone from boondock saints and always has a rope with him like yeah that also became uh that also became a running gad yeah 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 i i, I would like to say shingo takagi don't bring back the barbed wire baseball bat we know you have a boner for FMW, but don't bring that in the Dragon Gate ring. That's too much. That is too much, Shingo Takagi. Bad Shingo. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't even think about the Dead or Alive cage match for comedic moments, but they're great. Honestly, it has so many of it. it it's one of those matches that you just have to rewatch. Like you first you watch it to focus on what's going on in the ring, and then you watch it to focus what, on what's going on outside of the ring. Oh yeah, like. You've got people climbing everywhere, hitting each other with every single foreign object you can think of. Um, there's, it's, it's incredible. Like, it's an experience. It, it, it's always so great. And interestingly enough, with, like, my friends who th that watch other wrestling promotions, like, they might mm -hmm. be more New Japan, they might watch 
more WWE or whatever, whenever, like, Dead or Alive comes around, they're always like, so, Mike, what's going on in Dead or Alive? When there's the Dead or Alive cage match? When's the, the weird-ass cage match? And whenever, yeah. they, and whenever they find out, like, whenever it gets posted or whenever it happens, that, oddly enough, I've noticed is the, the uh, proto-casual fans, the highest point of their year is Dragon Gate Dead or Alive. I mean, Dead or Alive is honestly the highest point of my year as well. Like, even as someone who's, like, more into Dragon Gate, like, I don't I don't like calling myself, like, a hardcore fan of anything because it really makes, makes you sound like a douche. But I would say that I'm a pretty big fan of Dragon Gate. Um, and it, it is the high point of my year as well. Like, there's nothing like it. There really is nothing like it. It is... It's something unique to Dragon Gate, and I like how it kind of kicks off Dragon Gate's year, really. Like, January through, like, April are all right. Like, we have Champion Gate. They do Memorial Gate in Wakayama. But it feels like that they're just all kind of just, like, coasting. But as soon as Dead or Alive happens, and as soon as they have the cage match, that's when I know, like, okay, now it's Dragon Gate's time of the year. Like, yeah. I've always liked that. So, but. All right. Our last question is also from ex underscore penalty kick and they ask us if the super j cup were to return which which entrance from dragon gate would you choose kiyo watanabe you you knew i was going to say kiyo watanabe we should have said it we should have said it at the same time okay all right one two three kiyo watanabe kiyo watanabe yes (sighs) him the big cat the one and only Hio Watanabe. Like, Eita, Eita, I feel, was the perfect choice. But since Eita has already done it, yeah, I don't think there's anyone... Because Hio, like... I think we've said on this show a lot that he reminds us of a Yonshima. Mm-hmm. Like, a really Yonshima. Like, we're talking like 98 Like, a Takamichinoku like hair, hairstyle Shima. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, he, he really, I feel like he's, I don't think he would have a run like Shima had when he was in the Super J Cup because of the, because kind of the politics of it now, um, right. which kind of, which kind of ruined the last Super J Cup for a lot of people. Like, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, but I think he, it, it would be a great experience for him. And, and I feel like that out of the younger guys, like Lindemann, he's already kind of beyond that point, I feel like, in a way. And Yeah. Although Lindemann, Lindemann would be a, a good example because he's not necessarily the kind of wrestler you think about when you think Super Jacob. Right, right. And, and, like in, in the way that he wrestles. And especially, like, he he's so unique that, like, him doing, like, Judo versus Kushida would be interesting. Yes. Mm-mm. Like the matches would be interesting in that regard, but I think like he's above it. Shin Skywalker, let's be honest. Uh, I, don't... I don't think he's. I don't think he's up to snuff yet. I don't think he's. Me too. I don't think he's up to snuff enough. And the stuff that he would do, there'd be other people that they would bring in that would do a lot better. We don't know enough about Yoshioka and Takashima really for it, so it kind of has to be Hyo. It kind of has to be, unless they want to like throw a curveball and go like. Okay, KZ, go ahead, go do it. But if KZ's in it, politics will be a factor. And if KZ like loses to like Kaiji Tomato, I have questions. So, <laughs> yeah. So no, yeah, I think uh, I think Hio is like uh, a, a good pick. 
Oh, absolutely. Because he has that style. He has that kind of attitude um, that's sort of like Yonshima XI sort of vibe. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think I'd definitely go with him. And I agree. Anything that my small leopard son can do to distinguish himself and get his act together would help. So mm. that's it for the questions. Uh, again, thank you all for sending them to us. Again, if you want to send questions, go tweet at us at Open VoiceGate. Uh, follow us as well. We appreciate it. And uh, now, Milo, I think it's time for our main event. The mo- Oh, let's get into it, baby. The moment that everyone has been waiting for. The second ever but first because my computer ate the audio from the first one open the fashion gate where milo and myself we talk about how good people's ring gear is who ring gear suck who can't dress themselves outside of the ring what colors we think should be the new units colors and other just assorted fashion things and milo just to lead off uh what do you feel about maximum's colors and scheme it i think it fits them very well i was kind of hoping for a purple unit just because i love purple but um i really it's really simple it's black and white it's timeless it's a classic and it it fits them sometimes when they need to they can get a little silver in there to jazz it up um yeah i love it i'm really really into it yeah, like I, the the stamp maximum kind of like continues like the vibe that they that that's something you can see someone uses like graffiti somewhere that like they would like stamp that on something. So it's kind of like a greaser vibe. I think some people in the unit work better with silvers than others. I'm looking in your direction, uh, Ben K, with your silver jammies you had on at Corkin. <laughs> I, I like it better when it's black with like the silver belt. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, silver has always been a big color for Yoshino. So, Mm-mm. if it's him. And I remember seeing something of... Uh, do you remember the Big Six DVD that they put out either last year or year before last? Yeah. I, I remember them having... Yeah. Like, everyone had, like, their own section. Like, it was, like, Tozawa taking everyone back to meet his parents. Like, I think Yamato was doing, was doing like, grappling. Uh, Hulk was talking about his time and the... Uh, Japanese self defense force. Oh, it was in the yeah, hospital. and in the and, and 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 in the hospital. Right, but like the thing they showed for Naruki Doi was Naruki Doi has like every pair of tights he's ever worn in his career, and yeah, he, and he's got a lot of them. Yeah, he switches his gear out more than anyone, even mm. even Takahiro Yamamura. So <laughs> yeah, like it's so like the, the, the black works for him. Like it's a color that he doesn't have too much of outside of using it, like, in Mad Blanky and Berserk colors. So, like, having the black as, like, an accent. So, it's a good unit theme, I feel like. I like it a whole lot. I also hope there is a purple theme coming up for whatever comes out of the Unit Survival League. So... Yeah. But for now, I think black and white and occasionally silver really, really, like, work really, really, works really, really good for them. Yeah, and I hope it means that we're not going to see the uh, crazy cow gear out of Shimizu ever again. That that was a time that we should just not talk about anymore. I, I, it's burned into my brain, though, Milo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about it. That, that, that's a set of gear that just 
does not equate, you know? Like, it, sh it should not happen. A bigger guy wearing cow gear, like, it's not a good look, you know? It just doesn't mm. look good. So, so I was meaning to ask you about the second thing I wanted to talk about with Open the Fashion Gate. What do you think about Sachi Hoku Boy's new gear? The red one? Yeah. Red and white, right? Yeah. I like it. It's okay. It's okay. I think red and white go together pretty well. Um, I, I found it a little flashy when I had the first time. Mm -hmm. But um, but it, it kind of grew on me, definitely. And I, I mean, I don't see enough of Shachi Hoku Boy to really be annoyed by it, to be honest. It just was such a surprise seeing him, like, not wrestle for a couple months, not make TV at least, and then he shows up with, like, bright red. And I'm like, is this your Kobe world gear? Because you're only going to have a three-minute match. Like, what's up? So, yeah, like, it, like that was, like, the, the, the other, like, big, like, new uh, gear change that I thought was interesting. I love what uh, Maria did with the Tri-Vanguard gear, though. Oh, Maria at world looked amazing she had that white gear with like the holographic hearts on the chest mm -hmm. there's just a little bit of camo not camo 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 i don't know camo i i don't know how to speak english this is all of a facade <laughs> a facade um but just a little bit of it, not too much. She looks amazing, 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 amazing. Um, KZ let me down this year. Are you, you're about his hair? Yeah. Yeah, what? It, it, look, I don't mind the color. Mm -hmm. It's not the color. It's the, I don't know what he did to it. It used to be so fluffy. What happened? It seemed like. What happened, KZ? I think like he got a, he had like his hair like curly because he had a perm. You know, mm. and he tried to straighten it, and it completely fried his hair. Like it looks, so, I'm it looks so damaged, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It looks like someone who's like done way too much shit to his hair, and the color's okay. Like it reminds me a lot of what Katoka used to have, like that yellow poof, or that blonde poof in the top of his hair. A little yes, bit. Mm -mm. like that's what I thought of immediately. But yeah, he looks bad in it. Um, I, I've been very disappointed with try vanguard's like colors and usages to be honest of the camo like maria mm -hmm. was like the first one i felt like to really like embrace it in a good way with how she used camo on on her gear and like i guess flamita's was okay too like with like a yeah like, you can have like camo fabric for a mask and it's okay but like hulk's gear has been pretty bad like in representing try vanguard like it doesn't feel like mm -hmm. like a, like his gear for the unit it feels like it's like oh I'm going to pull Takagi when I do units that don't have red in it, and I guess I'll just toss the logo on here. Okay. Yeah. The, the one thing that I find really funny about Hulk is that, so he wears those Tri-Vanguard pants that are just like kind of silvery with like a stripe of camo of, of the thing, <laughs> of the thing on them. Mm -hmm. Right. And sometimes he will wear his Blood Warriors kick pads. I haven't noticed that. He does. Yeah, the red and blue, right? Jesus, hold. he has red and he has red and blue kick pads, which I can only assume are from Blood Warriors. And he wears those, and it sticks out like a sore thumb. It's yeah, 
I, I've never noticed this before, Milo, but now I'm going to fixate on it every time I see him. I'm, I'm going to try to so look for sorry. his kick pads. It's such a fashion faux pas. It's horrible. It's lazy. He has the money. It's not like that this is the Toribon era where they didn't have any money. He has the money. Buy new kick pads, Hulk. Give a shit. But, yeah, like, I like KZ's new stuff that he came out with this year. Like, the pants with, like, since he like got himself in better shape and decided to, you know, act decided to wear like the pants with like the weird tribe flap, but it kind of fits him in a way, you know. Especially after mm. years of having overalls and like pseudo overall gear, it was a interesting change at the beginning of the year for Corkin, and and I've liked the way he's done with that, to be honest. Mm. But like, the one person that like. Even more so than Hulk, I'm a little disappointed in is Yamato. Like Yamato literally just has white trunks with the Justice slapped on his ass. Yeah, the Justice or I am the Justice, one or the other. I don't get it. Like, has he made any reference to being the Justice before? Well, before that, he had I am Justice. Yeah. And but no, not really. It's bad. It's bad. And uh. One other person that we that I know John talked about and we've talked about before that w- we need to get this boy right is Lindemann. The face paint. He didn't have the face paint at Twilight Ren, though. Oh, he had different face paint. Did you not notice? Did he? Yeah. Let me let me see if I can find a photo of it. Did, like, did it like totally wear out during the match? Because I can't remember him having it at the end. Uh, right. Honestly, I try not to focus too much on it because it's so fucking ugly, but... And it's getting worse. Like, he looked like the zombie Daryl spirit at Kobe World. And the best way I can describe the paint he had on at Corkin was he he washed a whole lot of NWO Wolfpack Sting, where Sting had red and black face paint, and said, yeah, I want to do that. That sounds great. Let's do it. (laughs) And, you know, I get why they have him do that, you know. It's, he's too much of a cutie pie, and you gotta do something to make him look more like a heel, but I don't know. There's other things you could do with him. Maybe put a mask on him during this, you know? Because mm. it's just not working. It's just not working, so. Yeah. The one thing that I did want to bring up that I talked about on Twitter during this, but the high point of the Open the Fashion Gate year happened last month the real main event of kobe world the uh, may the kobe world uh party fashion show party really the fashion show and it was a i felt like it was a controversial year for people at dragon gate you know mm. what do you think about it honestly i don't really have the looks in mind right now let me see if i can find them it's been so long yeah I, I mean, I remember I got some outrage because I thought that Ginky Horiguchi had the best gear out of everyone. I say gear, best outfit. He looked the best during this. But, like, it, it it's one of the things where I noticed, like, no one had on ties, but they were wearing, like, suits and, like, button-down shirts, and I thought that looked pretty bad. Oh, God. <laughs> I just remembered this outfit. Whose outfit? Ginky's? T-Hawk. Oh, God, T-Hawk. Mm. Oh God, T Hawk! I'm trying to pull up a photo of T Hawk's one so I could give 
direct criticism of it. <laughs> oh god, T-Hawk, it was so bad. It was so fucking bad. Alright, here we go. I, I'm looking at the overall photo of everyone, and... Ah, oh, jeez, I can't find the one with just T-Hawk. I'm disappointed. This is this has turned out to be not a good open the fashion gate so far. Where is this photo? <laughs> was this the one where like last year he had the really great like looking like a like a ship captain look? Yes. Where it was just tremendous. Okay, yeah, I found. He betray- it. You you even said that he betrayed us on the first anniversary of sailing. Oh yeah. Oh god, I, I just found it. Okay, so j- j- just to narrate through this, if people go to Dragon Gate's official Twitter, which is at DragonGate underscore pro and go like pretty since when they started the Twitter since they started at Kobe World they had the photos from the sessions where everyone signed contracts in this and the one for the Open the Dreamgate title had Yamato wearing a shirt and a suit and tie he looks he looks good you know it's a decent one and T-Hawk his top looks okay because he's wearing a jacket tie and shirt but Mm. Milo what is he what else is he wearing? Really Really tight jeans. Really, really tight acid wash jeans. Ugh. It is... It's not a good look. Especially with, like, the the jacket and tie looking, like, really professional, you know? Mm. Like, I've seen, like, a... I've seen, like, people do, like, the dress shirt and jacket with jeans before, and it looks okay, but this is, like... I don't know if, if you've heard the saying the saying in France, Milo, but about the Milo, how it's... About, not about the Milo, about the mullet. <laughs> about the mullet, which is a party in the front... Oh, sorry, business in the front, party in the back. This yeah, is, I, I, it doesn't It doesn't exist um, in in uh, in France. Yeah. But I know, I know the saying. I feel like T-Hawk was business up top and not giving a shit on the bottom. Yeah, it wasn't even party. Like, it was just, uh, he, he was just, let's hope that nobody decides to take a picture of me, like, of all of me. Of all of me. Please, guys, leave me alone. This is, maybe he spilled something on his pants earlier. Mm. <laughs> on his good pants. <laughs> on, on, like, his suit trousers, you know? He, like, was having, I don't know, like, a messy meal or, like, a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. and he spilt it on them, and he's like, oh, no, what do I have? Well, I have the jeans I had on earlier. That works. But it was so bad. <laughs> it was so goddamn bad. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other, like, really bad ones that I thought. Uh, I, I've i noticed something with Ada at these things that really... Oh, de- God, what did, he, what did he do? That's really depressing me. Uh, so, Ada always wears the same shirt. Always wears... The, the kind of olive green one, right? Yeah, the, he always wears the olive green button-down shirt, so I'm wondering yeah. if he doesn't have any clothes. <laughs> like, does not have any clothes at all. Because every single time they do, like, an, a fancy event, he... Has... I, don't think it's, it's, I don't think it's that he doesn't have any clothes, it's that he doesn't have any appropriate clothes. Yeah, I, I mean, he, I mean he, he's kind of questionable with a lot of things he wears. At least it's no longer the garbage can, the garbage bag dinosaur. But... yeah. Yeah, like, he had that really bad, like, olive shirt and gray slacks. And, yeah, I don't think he knows how to dress. And Dragon Kid always mm. dresses so well. So you'd think that Dragon Kid, other than being, like, his mentor, would be like, let me take you to, like, the fashion district and get you, like, an actual good-looking shirt. Mm-hmm. You would hope. 
No, they just let they just let him out of the house looking like that. How do you feel like the overgeneration house is like? Uh, chaos. <laughs> well, well, for one, I feel like we know that Shima's going to get up everyone to go do triathlons every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that uh, Gamba is kind of like the crazy uncle that lives in the basement or the attic. Who? Just- <laughs> I feel like there's a very long line in front of the bathroom every morning. Yeah. With Ata obviously being the one that spends the most time inside. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. He, he has to, like, have so much product in his hair, you know? Yeah. Yes. And, and like- Meanwhile, you have, like, Yamamura, Ishida, Shima, Mondai Ryu, and Dragon Kid just lined up outside the door streaming. Yeah. Can't you just see them all with, like, their towels over their shoulder and, like, their shower yes. patties? Absolutely. Going, Ada! Ada, hurry up! <laughs> Give me a minute! I think they're just, like, banging on the door. Who do you think would be the one that gets angriest at him? Um, probably his little brothers. Yeah, I can see Yamamura getting really pissed off. Yeah. Like, because Yamamura is totally like the father's favorite son, right? Yeah. It It is the older brother that's kind of the slacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ishida, I don't know about Kaido. I don't know what what sitcom person he is. But, uh, uh, Monday Ryu is the street kid that they, that they adopted. <laughs> they just picked him off the street. They found him in like a cardboard box. Cardboard box wearing his exact mask, you know, <laughs> eating his bucket of salt. <laughs> just straight up doing that. Gamma is the uncle Joey of the group. Um, DK is probably like the most rational one. He's probably the one that, like, makes sure everyone goes to school on time, you know, makes their lunches, picks them up from school. Mm-hmm. And then Shima immediately makes them go run 10K. <laughs> but, yeah, th- that's overgeneration for me. I, I feel like that that it's time for that for that sitcom to be closed up, though. And Yeah. No, they had, they had a good run. Come on. They had a good run. It, it, you know when I felt like that they actually started to become something? Mm-hmm. when Lindemann left and they all retired the capes. Because <laughs> the capes... I like the capes. There were some capes that were great. Like, like Lindemann's cape was magnificent. It was resplendent, especially for a young prince like himself. But then you had, like, Punch Tomonaga's cape. And, like, or Gamma's cape. Yeah! Oh my god. I haven't thought about G- Gamma's cape in the longest time. Like... Did he want to be like a uh, like a common writer character with that cape, or <laughs> that's insulting to Kamen Rider? Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I know how you are about Kamen Rider, but like it felt <laughs> it felt like it. He would like that, like both like everyone else like went and got capes. Like she was like, I'm gonna make sure. I, I feel to- like maybe more like a Power Rangers villain. That's a good point. I could see him being one of her Rita Repulsa's goons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I definitely feel like everyone, like, got their capes together. Like, like, Ada was like, I'm going to be a dinosaur. And then, <laughs> then Ishida and Yamamura were like, we're going to make ours look like each other. And then, like, it was like 10 minutes to bell time. And Gamma was like, oh, crap. I forgot to make a cape. What am I going <laughs> to do here? And made his cape from everything he could find backstage in five minutes. And trying to pass <laughs> it off as his. So. But, yeah, like... 
I, I, that's when I felt like though that overgeneration got good was when they was yeah. when Lindemann left because it, it was such a big unit. Like there's just like too many people. Like Lindemann and Punch never really felt like a part of the unit. So, but I'll be interested to see what they do with uh with Yamamura and Ishida afterwards if yeah. this ends to be it. But uh, the what. The one other person that I really wanted to talk to you about and open the fashion gate and about Kobe World was Ben K. Did you see what Ben K wore to the uh, to, to the contract signing? No, I think you're gonna have to send it to me because it, it's been it's been a while. I can't really remember, but I'm pretty sure he didn't wear a tie. No, he did not wear a tie. All right, I'm sending. But yeah, this boy, this boy needs some help. This boy, uh-huh. this boy ain't right with his fashion choices. All right, I'm about to drop the for, for people that's like this is horrible audio. What happened the first time when we did this? Basically, Milo started to send me photos and I reacted to them. And yeah, Mike was slowly going crazy. The more and more pictures of UT I was sending him. Yeah, because UT can't dress himself. No, his gear that he has now that he's come back is pretty cool. I haven't seen his, like, he hasn't made TV or anything, or has he? No, he hasn't. I know that he's back to have, like, his uh, red mohawk. Which I think is a good look for him. It is a good look. And he, he has, like, um, um, white and gold gear. Okay. Like, because I remember he had, like, the, the short trunks last time that were, like, black and camo. Yeah, no, no. I think he's back to long gear with, like, um, arm sleeves. Um, kind of rem- reminiscent of um. I I know nothing about Lucha, so I'm I'm, I'm gonna check before I, I embarrass myself. Um, who's the golden one? Uh, white and gold, Mystico. Mystico, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that one. Yeah, it kind kind of reminds me of that one. All right, big. Oh my God, Katoka looks great though. Yeah, like there was a lot of crap said about Katoka wearing a double-breasted suit, but it works for him. You know? he, he's so dapper. He at least he made an effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless, unlike some people, like Ada, like Ada, or it's okay. So Benke is wearing those pants that kind of looked like sweatpants. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not really a good look. He looks like a bouncer. It looks like there's a zipper going down the side. Yeah, he looks like he he looks like he's gonna throw Ada out of the club later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this the short sleeve button down shirt, which is my least favorite thing in menswear. <laughs> I think it's horrible. The short sleeve shirt, like get a long shirt and roll up the sleeves, it, or button it up if you're like, because like I've seen it work for, like skater fashion, you know. Mm-mm. But like he looks kind of nerdy too. Yeah, he does. He looks like he works in IT. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, totally. Like, like he, like the, his name is uh, Ben K. He's in charge of the uh, the database server for Dragon Gate, and yeah, he's, <laughs> he spotlights as a wrestler in his spare time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, Katoka looks great though. I love him. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so Katoka has on this really great double-breasted uh, navy blazer with I love like the white lapel. Do you see that? Like the yes. It's such a nice touch when you see jackets like that. Like Mm-mm. Also, I kind of want to kill Ata for having one, one sleeve rolled up and the other not. I did not notice that the first time. Like he looks so fucking geeky. He looks like a he looks like an 80s guy. He looks like an 80s clubber. Yeah. 
I mean, he definitely looks like he's gonna start singing "Never gonna Never gonna Give You Up" soon. But oh God, yeah, it's so bad. Like, and then like that pocket square that doesn't even match. Ada, what the hell? Gamma looks okay in this. Gamma is wearing like a navy suit, a white shirt, a red and white tie. Like that's probably the most professional I've ever seen Gamma in my life. Yeah, Gamma makes the effort. Yeah, he really like. Uh, I can't see. Uh... I can't see behind Ata what Yamamura is wearing, but, uh... Yeah. The, the rest... Yeah, uh... But, like, Ada, like, was, like, the worst one. Okay, uh, I'm gonna send you right now the entire roster with the exception of Berserk with it, which is really good. Mm. Mainly because Big R Shimizu has the microphone and he's probably saying something real dumb. Oh, of course he is. So, so... God... And this goes a good look at the entire roster, and it has... Okay, right, because I really need to, like, refresh my memory. Yeah. Okay, so, um... Oh, God, I forgot the Drastic Boy busted out the red suit. It worked for him, though. Yeah, it is a great look. I really like it. Only certain people can pull off, like, the non-black navy or gray suits <gasps> jesus christ like the the alignment of don fuji masaki mochizuki and shima is incredible because they're all wearing the same thing in different colors um just the sh shirt no tie uh no jacket either mochi has too many buttons open uh put those things away and it it looks like they're about ready to ditch this place and go clubbing I don't think there was ever going to be a time, Milo, that you were going to say that Masaki Mochizuki needed to button up clothes. <laughs> he needs to button them up so I can unbutton them. There we go. That's what I expected. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> but yeah, like, I kind of went on a 4 a.m. Twitter rampage that almost all the guys this year looked like that they were at a networking uh, happy hour. That like they, yeah, just, no. they just got off work and they're having a couple drinks before they hit the club. And Casey is wearing He looks like such a fucking hipster. Tie, suspenders, no jacket. No jacket, glasses. Yeah, he 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 looks like he's about to go to the, the new vegan restaurant down the street. Yeah. He's he heard that has some great kombucha, so he's gonna go hang out there. Um <laughs> Uh, it looks like it's Sakurai Chikawa, who is also wearing the suit, no tie look. He looks drunk in that photo. They're, yeah, they're, they all, they're, almost no one in this picture is wearing a suit, is wearing a tie, sorry. Um, Yoshino makes it work, though. I, I mean, he's a real estate dad. We've been through, <laughs> he, he looks like a real estate agent for you, you know? Yeah. He's, he's gonna go close, he's gonna go close your house, he's gonna take care of that, and then he's gonna hop in his Mustang. Yes. But yeah, no, um, it was Yamato always looked so goofy in formal clothes. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, so the, the Yamato wears clothes, like, it always looks like they're one size too small for him. Yeah, that jacket looks too tight. Yeah, around his shoulders. Mm -hmm. It's like pulling, pulling open. Um, Hulk looks like Hulk. I think Hulk only has one outfit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, bless his heart, I love him, but I think he only has this one outfit for special occasions. Um, but he's a former military man, you know? He might not see the utility of multiple suits. That's true. Yeah. Yoshino looks great. Kotoka looks great. Uh, Kness looks pretty dapper. I like it. 
Um, I, I always like the suit with the mask, you know? Yes, yes. It's a great look. I like it a lot. I can't see Dragon Kid, which is a shame, because Dragon Kid usually rocks it as the, at these events. Yeah. After done this, I think he's behind. I think he's behind Ashida. You'll have to put these on the on the Twitter account so people know what the fuck we're talking about. Oh yeah, I, I I'll tweet these out afterwards, and then we'll make John retweet them. So mm. uh, we'll make John retweet our nonsense. <laughs> John, you're in Japan right now, so you have to deal with our repercussions here. Retweet these fashion tweets. So yeah, it was uh, no, it's uh, not a not a very good uh, good time for fashion in Dragon Gears. Uh, there's a, a little bit of a letdown from people uh, that I uh, that usually deliver better things. The one person that we haven't talked about that I feel like has the weirdest look, but it works for him, is Genki mm. Horiguchi. No, the thing is that Genki exists in, like, his own pocket universe at this point. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Like, he's a, he's a singularity. I mean, he, he, there's only one... He doesn't, he doesn't work the same way that we do. Did you ever see the Jet Li movie, The One? The what? The One. It's a Jet Li movie. No. No. So... There's only one Geeky Horikuchi because, like Jet Li, he's gone to all other string universe realities of Geeky Horikuchi and killed them because he's the so he could be the only Geeky Horikuchi, and so that he can <laughs> show up to the Kobe World contract signing party in a white Trilby hat, a navy suit, and a very bright Hawaiian shirt. I love him so much, but honestly, <laughs> Milo, you get what I'm saying though. Like it works for him though. Like, it does. It really does. Weirdly enough, like that's a horrible look for anyone but Ginky Horiguchi. And le- uh, let me see if I could find another good photo. Let me see if I can find a good photo of Maria. Because I felt like that she had a pretty dress on. And, and also, this is a good, another good Ginky Horiguchi photo. Maria is always pretty, though. It, like, it's- she always turns it out. It's a great summer dress, you know? She's showing off her guns really well. Like, she looks... Yeah. I think it was uh, I think it was last year that she and Lindemann looked really, really cute together. Yeah, because they were... Like, they had this picture... Yeah, they had, and they had this picture where they were, like, um, together, and she was wearing a really pretty dress, and he was wearing a really cool suit, and, mm-hmm. and they, looked, they looked great. This picture is incredible. <laughs> I don't know what's... I, it looks like Saito and Casey are, are, like, engaged in a heated rap battle. <laughs> and Kinky's like, nope, I'm not being a part of this. Hulk is like, I'm not drunk enough for this. Susumu's amused. Susumu's amused. Susumu's amused. Yeah. No, Maria looks great. Susumu looks. Susumu looks good, but Susumu always looks good. He's a very good-looking man. And, and he always kind of sticks with classics, you know. He always kind of mm. does his thing. Yeah. Um, all right. I found a. Uh, I found a Dragon Kid photo. Oh, thank God. Please deliver me from evil. And I'll say this. I'll say this. He's the one person who's pulling off the no-tie look almost as well as Yoshino. Mm-hmm. Yes. Show me, show me. Oh, my God, here it is. And it looks like that. In this photo, it looks like that Shima's up past his bedtime. 
Yeah, she like he, he looks like he's really drunk and trying to concentrate on something so he doesn't fall over. Yeah, he's like, if I focus on this camera, then everything will stop being blurry. Yeah, yeah, Dragon Kid looks great. Doi, not so much. Doi has um, let me down this year. He looked better last year. You know what I think it also, is? Also, why is there only one belt? Did Shima lose his belt? Well, I don't know if you noticed this, but Shima's belt got messed up. I don't know when and where, but he doesn't take good care of the belt because at Korkin, when they came out with the belts, his belt, the uh, Dragon Gate emblem, was like, it was like when Naito threw the uh, Intercontinental belt against it and like oh places were falling God. off. Like, this, rain, this rain is cursed. It's ruining the belts, both liger- both literally and figuratively. Okay, so I have to say something. And yeah. I feel like we could close open the fashion gate on this because I can't believe we went two fucking hours, just the two of us. Um, so combined to be three you, hours with John, with John's hours, so it's a three hour show. Yeah. Is that the guys in Dragon Gate can try all they want, but there will never be a best, a better dressed man. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.